Welcome to the Pirates Overboard Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Osterwick, joined alongside Jonathan Reuters. In this week's episode, we have a very special guest on the podcast. Instead of sitting down with a student athlete or a coach, we're sitting down with someone who runs a lot of behind the scenes of the student athlete community. Former SAC president Caleb Smith calls him the unsung hero of the student athlete community. Waka Para, last year's SAC president, has said he looks out for the overall care of the students and it shows in how much he cares in his work. And current SAC president Leia Istanbuli calls him one of a kind with positive impact on everyone's shoe career. I've hyped this guest up a lot now. So Jonathan, who are we talking to this week? Roberto Sasso is our Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete Development and Leadership and has been working at SHU for over 11 years. Roberto serves the whole Seton Hall community so well and has done so much to aid the development of the student athletes here on campus, such as creating the hall, helping athletes learn to be leaders, student athlete development slash life skills program, and running the SAC Student Athlete Advisory Council. This intro could go on and on for Roberto, so we would just dive right into it. As we wanted to wish Roberto well in his future endeavors, he will be serving in a different role as Assistant Director for Admissions and Financial Aid in the upcoming weeks. So without further ado, thank you for all you have done within athletics. Roberto Sasso. So welcome Roberto Sasso, the Associate Athletic Director here at Seton Hall University. So first things first, on this gloomy, not rainy anymore day, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I, I'm here to bring the energy on a good Monday. Nice. Yeah, we, we are excited to have you on here. One of the, I think for me, bucket list items on this podcast was to get you on <laughs> to this show. Uh, we have a giant whiteboard in my room that me and Walker Perron kind of developed of like, who are some guests we want on the show? And Roberto Sasso was one of the first names that we put on there, like on like the, the, the dartboard or the, the bulletin board, I guess yeah. you could say. So we are definitely excited um, for you to be on today. So you work with a lot of athletes every single day and you got to watch a lot of athletic events. So have you had any favorites this year that really have impressed you? Wow, before I answer your, your question, I just want to say, big fan, big fan <laughs> of the podcast. There's a, there's like a, I called into a radio show one time when I was in college, but I won't talk about that. There's a saying that when you, when you call into these things, it's like first time, long time, first time caller, mm-hmm. long time listener, uh, first time guest, long time <laughs> listener, uh, excited to, to kind of be a part of it. So thank you too for, for having me. I've been, I've been an early adopter of the podcast yes, and, and really happy to see you two doing well and seeing the podcast evolve mm. into its current form and uh, really kind of, you, you two have, have crushed it. You know, I, I listened to the last podcast of uh, how you two started it. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun to, to listen to and kind of peek behind the curtain yeah. of it. So I'm really, really impressed with everything you two are doing. Thank you. We appreciate, appreciate that so yeah. much. Yeah, and, and having said that, to answer your question, uh, you know, I, I would say, and, and maybe it's just recency bias, but the men's basketball game versus Creighton, uh, triple overtime, I've been here 11 years, and there are very few atmospheres that were quite like that the other day, mm-hmm. and that was cool to see. Unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of, of that, but, you know, the team was... They were playing hard. You could tell that they were leaving it all out there. Yeah. And that's, you know, from coaching down to the student athletes. I mean, that was awesome to see. The crowd was into it. 
the student section was rocking. I mean, our fan base really came out and, and that was a fun, really, really fun environment. Um, you know, I was telling my, my mom, who's actually around right now, and, and my wife, they were like, oh, how's it going over there? I was like, oh, overtime, double overtime. <laughs> uh, we're going to triple overtime, you know? So it was a really, really fun uh, atmosphere. That one stands out as sort of like one of uh, my better memories uh, here at, at, at Seton Hall. It's definitely in the top 10 for sure. So was that your first triple overtime game that you got to work? I was thinking about that too. Um, and I, I think so. I mean, I don't have the best memory. Uh, I do remember a lot. However, in terms of triple overtime, I think this was um, my first triple overtime men's basketball game. Now that I think about it, yeah. I can only imagine how grinding that is because for swimming, you get 16 events, so you're all done. Like, even with you, like, you have extra innings that can go up, what? Endless as, for you guys, or yeah, as, like much as, cut as much as <laughs> so I can. They, they started implementing another rules to stop that from happening. So, <laughs> so you got endless innings. They got endless overtimes, and then there's us, the swim community. that's like, ah, you got a minute and a half race or so, and then you're done. You can sit back and relax. So I can only imagine how much of a grueling day. And I wish I got to watch it because we were here at Senior Day. Yeah. So everybody, it was kind of funny. All the dads at Senior Day, because the diving was going on. They would like between dives or between rounds would go peek out to the lobby TV, check out what was going on, then come back in. Because there's a lot of parents here for senior day, senior day. So like it was kind of funny with that. We're all following it through Twitter and stuff like that. So yeah, they've been playing phenomenally so far. And who knows? Maybe a tournament bid. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Knock on some wood. But we're hoping for it. So let's let's go into your time before Seton Hall really quick. So. You were an administrative fellow with the Big East Conference and the Providence office, and you were in charge of expanding responsibilities and handling a, a bunch of stuff with football, basketball, Olympic sports, and the conference championships, and then really coordinating stuff with uh, SAC, which is a huge program within the Big East. So what was that transition like of going from being a fellow to now working here at Seton Hall? Yeah, that was a really, really, really cool experience uh, to be at the Big East Conference for those two years. Um, I did a lot in terms of different responsibilities from the basketballs to football to a bunch of Olympic sports. I traveled a lot to different championships. So as a fun fact, I was at the Big East Baseball Championship the last time that we won, Seton Hall won oh, wow. it. Uh, so when, when Coach Papaccio was there uh, dominating, <laughs> wow. I saw him play. Uh, and, and that was from a Big East role that I was in, right? It was down in Clearwater. So I got to be at that. I got to, to travel to and learn about different sports, uh, see what goes on behind the scenes at these championships. Uh, I also learned a lot of just, you know, general compliance knowledge, too, that, that you know, that's something that's always evolving. Uh, and, and, and just kind of being involved in different meetings and, and that type of stuff that really benefited and helped me get to where I'm at today. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it, but that's essentially how I ended up at Seton Hall was working at these different events and, and, and meeting athletic directors and, and, and people in these high ranking positions that uh, you, you form those relationships and those bonds with different employees, different associate athletic directors who may be a part of these championship committees. Uh, and then you get to know them on, on a, just on a different level away from you know, the day-to-day the -day stuff that you know, that's how I ended up here was I got a phone call one day from my old boss who she's, she's not here anymore, but 
uh, saying, hey, you know, we have this position coming open. Would you be interested in this? And I looked at it over. It was, you know, assistant AD for student athlete development and leadership. And it was something that I'd never done before. You know, I had a lot of hands-on experience sort of away from specific student athlete relationships. You know, I had a little bit of SAC involvement at the Big East, but that was more so just a coordinating uh, meeting once a year and being on, you know, a monthly call every now and then. This was an opportunity here to work directly with student athletes, as you all know. And that was something that I was like, you know what? Like, it's a great opportunity to get back on a campus uh, because when you're in a conference office, it's very corporate. You know, it's, it's like nine to five unless you're working a, a specific championship, you're traveling to see a game or whatnot or a meeting. You're not have, you don't have that interaction with student athletes. Uh, it's very like 30,000 feet. So the ability to get back on a campus and get in here with like this energy that the college campus has around basketball games here specifically, like that's the big draw, right? But like also there are here two, over 250 other athletes, you yeah. know, that you can interact with, different sports. Uh, so Seton Hall really caught my eye. Um, I have a, some family in New Jersey. You know, I've already was accustomed to being in the Northeast. I had moved up from Florida, spent two years in Rhode Island, which was awesome. I love Rhode Island. Uh, I would love to move back. My wife doesn't want to, so that probably will never happen. <laughs> but, you know, getting, you know, f having that familiarity with the climate is like massive too. Mm -hmm. uh, so just, I was able to get back. I said, you know what, like, let me take this opportunity and, and see what it leads me, you know? And I was so fortunate that I had met other people here, you know, yeah. in addition to my the, my boss at the time who ended up hiring me. But I got a chance to meet, you know, people like like Kevin Sponzo throughout the time who happened to be on the hiring committee uh, for me. I got a chance to meet Tony Testa before, you know, Jimmy O'Donnell. You know, these are these are people here who have been here a while, but also who I got to know in those two years before mm -hmm. that helped get me here. You know, another person that I, I got to know really closely was Amanda DiDonato. She was on my hiring committee you know so it was a really fun uh process to go through and it just showed me like and and i talk i talked to student athletes about this but just like the importance of like networking and keeping that network because had i not built those relationships over those two years i wouldn't be here right now because it was somebody here who reached out to me and said hey i think you would be good for this job that's not open yet yeah. it's probably coming open soon are you interested? And, you know, that just kind of snowballed into a, a bigger thing. And one thing led to another, and I took the job in, in February of, of 2013, so almost uh, 11 years ago. And it's funny, I called out sick on my first day. Uh, I had the flu. Uh, but ever since then, I, I've, I've been I have a good track record for showing up. So That is awesome. amazing. So before coming to the Big East, you were a former track and field athlete graduating from FIU. So what were some of the things that you now, being a former student athlete that you use in everyday work life, working with student athletes uh, as a career now? Let me tell you, I, I know it might sound cliche, but the importance of like time management, I think cannot go understated enough. When I was there, my schedule was basically 8 a.m. class, maybe a 10.45 class, something like that. So I maybe have two classes before practice. And then I'd practice like 
all throughout middle of the day. So somewhere like from like 11 to three, it was practice time slot, right? And, and with a big team like that, and you're probably the same way, Justin, like mm -hmm. you may not practice with all your teammates at the same time, which is kind of weird to think. Uh, but that was the case because you're on a team with like 45, 50 other people, like getting those schedules to align up may not always work. So sometimes I'd have midday practice, some days where I had a class, I may go later in the day, I may go early in the day. So it just kind of depended, but having to wake up, you know, get to that 8 a.m. class, then go through practice, be exhausted. You know, some days we had to go lift right after, which was just so draining, <laughs> to then go in a shower, clean up, and then go to like a 4.45 class or like a five o'clock class, like that's tough, yeah. right? So. And, and what I'm saying is, like, probably maybe student athletes are listening to this. They're like, okay, Roberto, like, yeah, we get it. We all do it. Like, what are you, what are you, why are you making such a big deal about this? Well, I think what people don't understand is, like, it wears you down over time, right? Like, you may not want to go to that guest speaker at, like, 7 o'clock, right? Or you, you may just want to go home and just vegetate on your couch and just, like, chill and may not want to do your classwork that you have to do for a project or something like that. Like, it wears you down over time. So what i've learned is just to be a little extra mindful of these schedules and try to do your best to accommodate now i work with 275 student athletes it's not easy to accommodate everybody <laughs> you're not going to accommodate everybody i had a program one time we used to do a student athlete leadership forum in the springtime okay. right we've moved it to the fall now because i thought you know what, we do a lot in the spring. Maybe if we bring this to the fall, it might just kind of ease some of the things in the spring with a lot of the teams competing and whatnot, right? Yeah. So we do this, uh, I, w the way the process worked was I would select kind of like five dates and then I would take it upstairs to, at the time it was it was Pat Lyons, uh, who Brian felt came after, right? But mm -hmm. um, I would go to Pat, i say, hey Pat, here are the dates I'm looking for. I know we want to lock in some speakers soon, so what do you think of these? This is my number one date, this is my number two, number three, number four, like what do you think? And ultimately he would have the say in it and I would pick like dates that I thought all were fair, mm -hmm. right? So one year I go up and I purposely didn't include one date because it was my birthday. So I, I mean, I didn't want to be here <laughs> on my birthday, right? Like, and uh, he goes, ah, none of these dates are really great. <laughs> why didn't you include this date? And I say, well, you know, it's uh, it's my birthday, but you know what, we can include it, like it's a good date, so if we need to do something that night, we can, right? So long story short, we have the date, we get a good panel, we go in and, and students are coming in that night, people are walking in, so I'm there welcoming everybody. We're kind of, at the time we, we did it in Walsh, this was before Bethany was open, but so students are kind of lining up, sitting down, everybody's kind of a few minutes before, and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? I forget, I find somebody, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And they turn over to me like, Roberto, I'd be doing a lot better if it wasn't my birthday and I had to be here. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Funny you say that. It's my birthday too, you know? And I'm here, so I can understand, uh, I, I can empathize with you. But, you know, so it was always, um, Sometimes you have to go to do things and, and try to accommodate. You don't always accommodate, though. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's definitely a interesting balance with being a student athlete and having, like, different mm -hmm. kind of – you got practice, you got class, you got these events. And I've always – and Ange said it before, like, just do the things 
at school. And sometimes it's hard because you got your run down, you're tired and whatnot. But there's so many great people here that want to help you and you have the opportunity to attend these awesome events. It's like, all right, just, just bear down and go to them because you'll be making connections, as you said. You'll be networking without even realizing it. You'll be learning something new that you probably wouldn't learn in class. And these are opportunities that student athletes get that not just regular students get. And you guys put a lot of hard work in putting these events on. Like I know the leadership forum, as you were saying, those having the three panelists up there usually is awesome. It's such a cool thing to go yeah. to in years past. And I think that's been a huge thing where you could stay in touch with these people on LinkedIn and whatnot after mm -hmm. the fact. So I would say like, even though it is tough with the time management to schedule all that, doing it is like paramount. It's really, really important. And if you take advantage of it, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, we, we, we're right now going through it right now with time management, have our nice little Excel sheet calendar, <laughs> have that go shared with each other, going back and forth of what days work, what days don't. And, it keeps you organized, and I think that's one of the biggest things as a student athlete. If you're not organized, it's going to be rough. Like, and I understand as like a beginning freshman, like you hit that, I don't know, four weeks into the first semester, like, oh, this is what they mean by student and athlete because everything goes crazy. But once you've got it all written out, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You can see all the things that you have in front of you, and you can just kind of go from there. So, my next kind of question is. What did you learn from your previous roles that you still use to this day, other than just networking and stuff like that? But are, are there any like specific things that you did with the Big East office that you're still using here at Seton Hall? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. Um, if I had to say something, I would say, and, it, and it, it's going to come off a little weird, but I would say show up, grind. Like you, sometimes you're going to get asked to do things and you're not gonna wanna do it, right? Like we all get asked to do things and we're just like, oh, come on, you know, like, why, why me? You know, like, do we really like have to do this right now? But you know what? Like life isn't always going your way. And sometimes you're gonna get these curveballs that you just have to take it head on, right? So to answer your question, it's show up and be ready to grind. You know, like I, when, I, I learned quickly when I was working these all these Big East championships. The days were long, right? The not everything's going your way, you know. So you may be at at tennis, and you're thinking, "Oh, we're in in South Florida, right? It's great. It's sunny. Like it's nice and warm. What could go wrong?" Well, to, a torrential thunderstorm could come through, and just completely delay the start of the Big East tennis tournament. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to go and grab a squeegee and help squeegee the boards <laughs> to get these matches in, right? Because yeah. that's what, you know, you have to do. And sometimes that's just how it is. You know, you have to adapt and be ready to take things on that you didn't see coming and you don't want to do. So I think that's something that um, you always have to be mindful of and think about that it's not always gonna be things you wanna do, but things that you have to do if you want to, you know, have a great finished product. Mm -hmm. It's, this is something that we just mentioned that I thought of, you mentioned Kevin Sponzo earlier on. Thomas Cardano told me that it was Kevin Sponzo's 25th year at Seton Hall on this certain day. And before I knew that, he was, being like the ball boy of the women's soccer game because no one else was was there and he just did it and then after the fact Tom told me that I'm like wow like to this day was 25 years of working at Seton Hall and he is humble enough just to do the ball boy thing like just you're saying like squeegee the tennis court it's like that is like just a lot of humility right there it's yeah. just to go and just do that so oh shout out to Kevin Sponzo yeah, yeah, for sure. right yeah. Yeah. yes uh, 
Kevin's fans has done a lot for the swim team as well. Like I remember during the COVID, um, the COVID year, I guess you say that's my sophomore year. We don't talk about that time. No, <laughs> sorry, that's just a blackout year. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that time. just dark, dark time. So the, during the dark times, the dark ages, <laughs> as you will, um, he got us there and back to Ohio in a plane both ways. And like during that time, you think, okay, we're gonna take a bus out to Ohio, which is not you sitting on a bus. I know you guys do it all the time. For, well, not all the time, but for Big East Championships. But, like, end of April, like, Big East Championships were up in the air that whole year, and he was one of those main factors who got it to come together. So uh, thank you, Kevin, for all that you do. I have one more question about you running all these Big East Championships. Do you have, like, a most memorable one? Obviously, squeegeeing tennis courts might be up there, but is there one that's most memorable? Well, I also used to... Uh in track, you have the steeplechase, so then they jump into the water. Uh -huh. So I would also stand over there and squeegee the water back <laughs> oh into the pit. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Uh, I would say memorable championships. You know, the Big East basketball tournament mm -hmm. has always been, it's sort of known as the premier conference championship in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was very lucky to have been able to work two championships. Uh, in New York City, be there throughout the duration of the tournament. And this is back when it was 16 teams, so mm -hmm. it was like some really long days. Uh, we, we would get to the arena at like 8 a.m. and start setting stuff up and, and getting our, our ducks in a row for like a 12 o'clock start. And there would be four games on a day, and you were hoping that there, none of them would go to overtime because right. that means if, the, if one of them did, it was going to push back the start time for the other and push it back. You know, so if you had an overtime game, and it's almost like the Big East baseball tournament, if a game would go into extra innings, right. you know, then it would push back because there used to be a time when it was four games in one day. Wow. Um, I was definitely at, in Clearwater one time after midnight uh, for a game. <laughs> but the Big East basketball tournament is, is definitely one that stands out. And two other tournaments that probably don't get enough love uh, because they are awesome is Big East men's and women's golf. Uh, oh, they all, they're smart. They go to these beautiful locations, <laughs> and they start the tournament early in the morning, and it's done by like two or three o'clock each day, and then you have the whole afternoon to just kind of hang out. Oh, you nice. can go hit some balls in they, the range they if know you want. How it's done. Yeah, they, <laughs> they know you know, it. and it's really <laughs> nice care, resorts. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that that's a really fun trip to go on. Uh, really fun championship that I know that there's a lot of people who want to be in terms of from an administrator perspective want to be on that support committee uh, for, for many reasons but a couple like that yeah yeah that thing must be nice like nice on a golf range sitting back relaxing and what you're Mason Ohio now and Mason Ohio yeah here and we're IUPUI. IUPUI. Beautiful very facility. facility. Yes, yeah. that's all I've heard. I know D2 National Championships were there. No, D3 National Championships were there last year. I have some friends who go to TCJ who had phenomenal swims, uh, one of which won the DC uh, D3 National Championship of the 200 freestyle. So hopefully there's some good juju there for us when we get there in the end of February. It's crazy like how all the different like areas and championship games are at and like, what happens to all that. Because if they're all back to back to back to back to back, which I can't even imagine, like, from like a person like administrating all this and washing over, they're probably just sweating. Like, when a game was extra innings, it's like, oh boy, like, how we're gonna make this happen and whatnot. We had a game sophomore year where it like it rained all day in Mason, Ohio, and we played our game. No joke, we started like 11 o'clock at night. 
and then it went it's like 1 30 in the morning and whatnot yeah. but you just have to get it in for scheduling purposes yeah. so yeah. Yeah. you gotta play the next day if you win right. exactly well exactly. that was during the dark ages so again, yeah don't have to mention besides men's soccer that's the dark ages. <laughs> yeah. besides men's soccer that's the dark ages yeah yeah soccer yeah that was that's not the dark ages for them. That's no, like that golden, was an amazing, that was a gold yes, day. amazing <laughs> time. Was, yeah. Yes, I remember the the guys working that game. They had to call it from here in the booth, the far booth on the TV, and um, they just like were so delayed and behind. So like we would, I would, I watched it, I listened to it back, but I was watching it like kind of in sync, and they were like about thirty seconds behind because <laughs> whatever stream they were using it was kind of funny to watch it. What was it like for you? Because I know that was a unique time with the soccer team traveling, being paused and whatnot. What was that whole experience from your perspective like, men's soccer? That, when, when you know, 25 years from now, when somebody asked me, uh, what, what do you remember about your time at Seton Hall? I think that whole time period uh, is what I'm gonna say because it, it, you can't describe, I mean, the world was in a weird place with the COVID pandemic, right? And we were wondering if like we were gonna have jobs or school, what was gonna be the state of the university? Right. Um, are we gonna have sports? Like people are dying all over the world. I mean, there was just so much emotion yeah. around that time. And meanwhile, you know, we, we, when I say we, it's like the world of sports, right? still had to keep going right yeah. you know still, still playing games and obviously things are altered a little bit with with what you're saying men's soccer they had their season in the spring that year uh which was completely different mm -hmm. you know between their practices and and gearing up for that and then then all of a sudden they just hit the ground running that year they were just like yeah. dominant yeah and i I talked to these coaches, I talked to a lot of these students who are kind of still around, the former athletes on that team. I don't know if they really expected it, they, they, they may tell you otherwise, uh, but being around them, I think they they were happy and, and, and to be along with the ride too, and they were like, this is awesome, everything's like, we're, it's a perfect storm, right? Oh, yeah. And when they got selected to go to the NCAA tournament, because they obviously dominated the Big East tournament, right. I mean, yeah. they beat a Georgetown team that hadn't lost at home in a couple of years, they they beat him in, at home in the Big East tournament. Like that was right. massive. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to go and make the the the, the NCAA tournament as as a Big East champ, I mean that was like, wow. Yeah. You know the emotion on that level. And to then they tell you, hey, by the way, you're gonna go down there and you're gonna be in this bubble, <laughs> and really you're not gonna leave <laughs> until you, until you like you lose. <laughs> So I was I was so lucky where I got asked to, to be on that party as the administrator. I said, yeah, I'm in, let me, let's go. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to explain this to my wife. She's like, when are you coming back? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, when they lose, uh, you know, if you win, you're, you're guaranteed another three days, you know? So right, each yeah. time we kept going and we, we joke about this. It's like, ah, oh, we were there like a month, but it was really, we're in this bubble for about like 11 days, something like that, mm -hmm. where, we were going hotel to hotel, and meanwhile, I, I give I give the student athletes credit. I mean, we were in such a unique environment. Um, we were in a part of the country like Charlotte that was you you from today to that time we were there, you couldn't tell a difference. I mean, there was COVID was not impacting that world. But then we went to like Raleigh after after they won the first game, 
against Air Force, and it was a completely different mm -hmm. setup. You could, it was tough. The city had been hit hard. Yeah. There's sh stores that were shut down still, boarded up. Uh, a lot of the, the the George Floyd protests were had impacted that city too. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were definitely a lot of closures in that. And, and our hotel that we stayed at didn't open until the week before we got there. Wow. So they had a lot of kinks to get out of. And there were meanwhile, there were four teams staying there. Um, and so there was just a, a weird vibe there. But, you know, the just the the energy around being around those the, those student athletes, the coaches. I mean, we had a blast being together. We got really close. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the one of the assistant coaches, Ali Simmons, who's the head coach at Jacksonville University right now. Uh, he had this really cool thing that he did where he handed out a piece of paper to everybody in the program. And it was your job to write down something great about each person on the team. So every one of your teammates and the coaches. And then what he did was you finished your, your paper of everything you wrote down, you gave it back to him. He did an awesome job of compiling it all and giving each person a sheet of paper, which I still have in my office, of one thing said to about you from each person. Wow. You know, so then you know some of the things that they said to me was like, oh, always can talk to him, you know, great smile. Like so it was like, wow, like people are noticing these things. Um, and that really was it, it gives you a great summation of the team, like how much they cared about mm -hmm. each other. Um, and, and just that whole trip in general was was probably top one, maybe two, three memories of my time here at Seton Hall, being around the, the, those group of guys. Uh, just a special connection that we all had uh, with the coaching staff. And um, it's, it's a time that I'm never going to forget. Never gonna forget being a part of that trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a unique time! Like that is in the bubble. Like where you're kind of, oh, I don't say forced, like be close to one another in terms of like kind of. Yeah, we way. were we were all together in the hotel in our bus. Um, we didn't really go anywhere. We would walk outside a little bit. Uh, we found like a outdoor kind of uh, food hall, so we we walked to like the food hall a little bit and walk right back to the hotel. Um, but really, it was get to practice. And then back to the hotel and just kind of hang out in our, we had a, a banquet room, we played some yeah. games, uh, we did some trivia, that type of stuff. Uh, but it was something like that, that brings you close yeah. to, to, you know, each other. And, you know, and it was weird because it was some of those guys who they had just shown up like that January to enroll in classes oh, and they're already yeah. like in the Big East tournament. So I didn't know them that well either. Sure. Uh, so I got to know them really well. Uh, and, and it was just like, it, it brought you really close to people. Like I'm, I'm obviously very close with that coaching staff, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because of that time period, too. So it was it was a really really special time that you know and, and you know the team they had they clicked they making yeah. it to the elite eight beating you know t teams like Air Force and Virginia Tech. I mean it's a big deal and getting a bye in the NCAA tournament like that's unheard of. They had yeah. a bye, yeah, uh, which is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy time, as you said, that you guys were close and compact in a hotel. Well, we got sent out to Ohio. We were on these nice little cottages on a lake. We were just relaxing. Got to go outside between sessions. Not a lot of people did because everyone was asleep. But like, just that comparison of like they were like locked down into this one spot, and we were like, that was probably the nicest spot we've stayed because it was like two persons per cabin with a kitchen and everything, and you were spread around this this lakefront, and you just got to kind of just get ready get your mindset it was 45 minutes in the pool back and that's besides the point but 
And I think activity, I want to like brush past that activity that the assistant coach, uh, what was his name again? Ali Simmons. And Ali Simmons yeah. did. Like, what a cool like breakdown for each individual person to say, like, kind of like what you think about them in a good way. And we'll have like, what, 20 or 30 different yeah. things. And that kind of reminds you in some ways of some of the activities done in SAC. Not mm-hmm. like that's a, obviously activity soccer team, but the thing that different activities like with team building and the disassessment and different things that you've done with SAC. And that's a really, really cool thing. I think the, op- the opportunity that student athletes have yeah. to be a part of SAC that you've ran. What type of activities, I want to kind of dive into SAC a little bit in terms of time. Of you've been ahead of SAC for a long time here. Yeah. And you've done a lot of cool activities, a lot of cool things. Hi- give us some of the highlights of being directing of SAC for the past how many years? Yeah, I, I, when I started, that was one of the, the things was to kind of take on SAC and, and be a part of that, but also look to grow and, and, and help these student athletes, right? Like prepare them for that life after, because there wasn't somebody in that position really. And, and Pat Lyons, the athletic director at the time, he said to me, he's like, listen, I, I need this to do well. I, I want our student athletes to have a resource to get better and, and have someone they can go to with questions and, and those types of things. And this is where you come in. And admittedly, I didn't have much knowledge in that area, so what did I do? I, I looked at what other schools were doing. I had friends in, across the country. Uh, I looked at the NCAA mm-hmm. uh, for resources. And I just kind of piecemealed what I thought would work at Seton Hall. And, and you mentioned it, John, the, you know, the DISC assessment, which is something that I love to do with our student athletes. Uh, it's just a, a leadership assessment. It gives them an understanding of, of who they are as a leader and, and their personality style. It, and it helps them understand like who, how their teammates are and who, like what category their teammates or coaches fall into. And then I think most importantly, allowing them, how do these two styles work together? So what are some ways that your coach or your assistant, based on your personality style or your leadership style, right. you can mesh well, you know, now that you know their style is this. What do you need to do? And what? And now that they know your style is this, what do they need to do? And how do you all flex to meet in the middle? You know, and, and work collaborative better and have those relationships. So, I think that's really cool. I think creating the the leadership academy for the student athletes is something I'm really proud of. Um, that 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 didn't exist. You know, and and for for me, I probably it took it took like three or four years to get going because. I had to learn everything else, right? So once I felt comfortable enough with my duties and, and everything I'd accomplished and I was in a good groove in terms of programming and, and the structure of, of the Hall program, which is what I created, the Helping Athletes Learn Other Leaders, then I said, okay, now it's time for a leadership academy. You know? And that's the same thing we did with She Can, you know, which is the women's leadership series. Once we perfected this, then I said, okay, how, what else can we be doing? And that's how She Can came about um but yeah creating the leadership academy you know she can continuing to evolve i think it's something that you you have to do and you have to keep up with with the student athletes and their needs as the world changes you know that's something that you always have to continue to evolve because just because you did something 10 11 years ago doesn't mean it's going to work today you know the student athlete needs are different their attitudes their perspectives on what they feel important is different so you have to evolve with them. And, and I, think, I think I've think i done a decent job at it and, and um, I don't get 
too much negative feedback, so that's good. <laughs> no, thank you for yeah. all the years in doing that, both the Hall program and as well as SAC, and all the cool resources that you give to us from the disassessment to the different books that we read yeah. and whatnot have been awesome opportunities to learn from one another, from you, from the book. So it's been it's been really great. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Yes. Thank you. I was not a part of SAC, but I got to hear <laughs> a bunch about it through Walker and all my teammates. So yeah, you're like honorary. You know everybody. Yeah, so. I know everybody yeah. within SAC. So I'll take that. I'll take that win. So one more really about your time here at Seton Hall before we kind of start winding down. We got some other questions. Maybe a little bit about family. And Roberto's got some questions too. Oh, we sure right. We got to make sure we gotta get those in there. But. Do you have an event that you specifically got to organize that you're very proud of? You honestly touched upon a little bit with SAC with the activities you do, but is there like one specific event you put together for the student athletes that you're most proud of? You know, it's it's funny you should ask that. Um, I really have enjoyed like every event, obviously, but um, <laughs> there there are a few that stand out to me. You know, and I think one the Shoe Academy Awards in its current format, I really enjoy doing, and, and it's obviously um, a big part, big, big part to friend of the podcast, Ange. Uh, so he's, he's made, yeah, he's made my life a lot easier. So that's something I'm really proud of. But I'm, I'm gonna like kind of veer away a little bit because last year through a partnership with ESPNW, we hosted a really great event for our women's sports and our female athletes, where we brought in some alumni who hadn't been to campus in a long time. And we brought in some younger alumni who came through like the programming that I offered, that I knew and I was able to pull, you know, some former swimmers, some soccer student athletes, and connect them all with our current female student athletes in one, uh, first we did like a panel, which was really cool. It was moderated um, by Robin Cunningham, who's a former women's mm -hmm. basketball student athlete. If you don't know who she is, Google her. She's she's the GOAT mm -hmm. basketball player here at Seton Hall. Uh, she moderated it and she's done some other things with us which we're really thankful for. And then what was unique to that was the, the panel lasted about, let's say an hour. And then what we did was we split off the student athletes into four groups which was like basically your year in school and we assigned them to alumni to, to be a part and that was really cool breakout session where they got to talk about specific things that are that they're experiencing at this point in time so like maybe like the the seniors and grad students they talked about what that job search process is like as a, as a you know as a woman who maybe it's a young alum with with a more experienced uh, alum that they can share you know what they learned from searching for a job or interviewing and those types of things same thing with like the juniors maybe it was like oh I'm looking for an internship you know so there was like a script of things that they talked about same thing with the freshman it was like now that I'm in college what should I be doing um, and just the overall uh, layout of the program and the execution of it and, and we had it all set so well and I, I was really impressed with that event and how it ran, I was I was left in, in just so appreciative to kind of be a part of it. And that event alone has been the most well-received feedback mm -hmm. that I've gotten from the student athletes who came, who have come by my house like, Roberto, thank you so much. I loved this event, it was so great. I'm gonna mm -hmm. reach out to my alum that was in the room. 
you know, and, and that's what you want to see, right? You want people, right. you want to talk right. to students, you want to get their feedback. You obviously want them to love the event, but feedback's more important, general feedback, whether good or bad. And I would say the way I left that night, just in, in, in I don't want to say shock, but just like so appreciative how well that event was and how well it was received, I think that's probably uh, the most memorable one. Yeah. yeah, I only heard good things from that event. And well, I heard so much about it, and it sounded like such a cool event. Um, and it must have been a really cool event to get all those alumni back and setting that whole event up. So I'm going to kind of steer away from Seton Hall a little bit. So you recently just had a son. You're starting a new family. What is it like being a new dad uh, and still being able to be a part of the Seton Hall community? Yeah, that's, um, that, that is a good question. Um, I, I can't really describe it, Justin. It's, he is such a special little dude. Uh, his, his name is Jordan, and right now he's about a little over eight months. He has just, I, I can't even describe the emotions I have with him. It's something you, you don't really know until you actually have a kid, but I get up every morning. I've not, I, I don't sleep anymore, so like that's, <laughs> that's like the easy thing to kind of get all over. So like if you like your sleep, don't have kids, but uh, I, so I get up every morning before seven, no matter what, and I'm with him. And it's just like brings joy to my life. You know, being with him before I come to work every morning, getting him ready, getting situated, and then racing home to see him before like it's bedtime. Mm -hmm. And and it's just a special thing, you know, and, and I, I brought him to campus a couple times and every time, it's so funny, every time I'm with him and people come by, they're so excited. And I think they're excited to see me, but they're not. <laughs> they want to see the baby. They want to see him. And he's such a good little guy that he'll smile when people come up to him. He's just smiling like, hey, what's going on? You know, so he, he gets it. Uh, and, and, and it's just, it's such a special, special relationship that we have, him and I. And, and, and obviously my wife is a massive part of this trifecta that we have. But having a son and and for me you know i've been here 11 years and it took me a long time to actually like to, to finally have a son you know kind of a part of my life with seton hall you know so mm. so that was a, a big adjustment for me as well but he he's just a special special little guy and i'm and i'm i'm so happy that he's in my life that i'm able to share with him Obviously, share a bunch of Seton Hall sports events Absolutely. and stuff. He's going to become the biggest Seton Hall fan. Higher in the making. Yes. He, a funny story. I, I shared this with softball student athletes, but he was born May 10th uh, of 23, which was right before Big East softball. So we got back home from the hospital, and he, he watched to, I won't say with approval because my <laughs> wife doesn't want the screen time, him, him to have screen time, but. I did watch the Big East softball uh, championships and NCAA tournament with him, uh, so that was really cool. He so got to see. Maybe that. he's the good luck charm. Maybe he's a little bit of good luck. So he's yeah. got to watch their next run this year. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we get into advice to require it, I, we have some words from our good friend Angelo Gentiliano, and so he said Roberto has been an invaluable asset to the athletic department over a decade. His dedication to our student-athletes is unmatched, and he provides our kids with access to things like community service, resume workshops, guest speakers in various professional fields, and other events that will help shape their future. Additionally, his behind-the-scenes work on events like Shoe, Shoe Academy Awards, the Senior Banquet, and the Welcome Back Banquet 
often goes unnoticed. He got a lot of credit for hosting those events, but they don't happen without his work for weeks or sometimes months leading up to the event. There's no way anybody would care about my jokes if there were no food, chairs, tables, sound system, etc. And none of that happens without Roberto's commitment and attention to detail. He predict, he, excuse me, he's the perfect bridge between shoe athletics and the real world and has helped countless student athletes make that transition smoothly. Seeing all student athletes are lucky to have Roberto be a part of their campus experience. And yeah, right there's, there. there's no better way of, of putting that because in our, I know in my five years, I'm gonna kind of speak for you here, in, my, in your five years, yeah. you have helped the both of us really develop where we're at now. We were talking before going through job interviews now and, and setting up resumes, like count with me sending you a resume maybe once every three months, like, hey, how does this look? Oh, we'll change this and the other thing. And it's, it's the thank yous can not, no, like, cannot be enough. Yeah, and doing that time is 275 yeah. to us. You know, it's not just us two, it's about 200 plus athletes. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Thank, thank you guys. It's humbling um, to hear Ange say those things. And, um, you know, I love what I do. I, I work with good people. Um, there's, you know, the student athletes. They, they, they're my why, right? You know, mm -hmm. they. I wouldn't love what I do if I didn't have those good relationships and work, had student athletes and people who wanted the help. You know, and, and that's I'm here. I'm here to help, and I'm, I'm a resource. Um, just a guy in an office who knows a little bit, but I'm willing to 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 help as needed and as as much as I can with pretty much anything. Yeah, and we appreciate it. So that really kind of nicely transitions into our advice to a pirate. So what advice would you give to graduate students, seniors that are looking to take that next step to the real world? What are some things that, some advice you would give them uh, to maybe impress an interview or a resume and stuff like that? This touches a little bit about what I talked about earlier, but I would say check the ego at the door um, because in life, it doesn't always go your way, right? And sometimes you're gonna have a boss who you may not get along with. And that's okay, like that's how it is. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. So you have to be able to swallow your pride every now and then and do what you need to do. And sometimes it's maybe taking the first job, not, not the first job, but taking a job that you may not think you're qualified for, or, or you may think you're overqualified for, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's gonna be the job that leads you into what you wanna do, well, you know what, you better go crush that job. And that's, and that's kind of, for the rest of your life, that's kind of how you should look at things because you may not be at the job you want or you may not see what you want out there, but eventually you can get there. And as long as you are doing what you're supposed to be doing and doing it well, with a good attitude, with good work ethic, you're gonna move up little by little and you're gonna get to where you wanna go. So I think the best thing is if you work hard, which is, you know what, student athletes do that, right? If you have a good attitude and handle feedback well, which, well, you know what, most student athletes do, right? You're getting feedback from your coaches and you're learning and improving upon that, right? Mm -hmm. If you show up on time to things, mm -hmm. like if people, you can't, you can't underestimate or overestimate that. Mm -hmm. um, show up on time you're gonna be okay you know so like these little things that if you do it well you're gonna be fine but it's when you let the ego and the disinterest and the negative attitude get in the way that's where 
people struggle and and they can't and they don't get what they want you know so that, that i would say that's that's my advice yeah. amazing that's awesome amazing so you have some questions written down in your book. Do you want to go through those first, or do you want to tackle walk the plank first? You know what? Let's let's uh, let's do walk the plank, and we have okay. time for the questions. All right, yeah. sounds awesome. good. So, first things first, which is better, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? So we, I mean, I'm spoiled now <laughs> with the Starbucks. I I have the apps for both, mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, I get whatever gift card my wife gives me. So this Christmas, my wife gave me a Starbucks gift card, so I loaded it up on the app, and I do that. If I'm here late at night for a program, I'm going to walk to Dunkin' Donuts because it's right there. Fair enough. Proximity, okay. Yep. If I am driving to work and I didn't have my coffee at my house, I'm going to get Starbucks. Fair. So there's a role for both, I think. That's, that is fair. As Kelsey put it to us, the representatives out now, um, Duncan because it's cheaper, which is fair. Yeah. College kid on a budget. I respect that. Fair enough. Um, favorite genre of music to listen to? Wow. I don't get asked that a lot, which which is funny. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in this one. So if you would have asked me, I would say a few years ago, before actually before I met my wife, EDM. Okay. So my favorite musical artist of all time is Avicii. Mm -hmm. I think he is just tragic, his story. But his music is just so unique. His tones are so unique. Uh, a real, real pioneer in that EDM world. Um, now, I would say country. I listen to a lot of country. My wife's favorite genre is country. So she's taken me to a few concerts. I've seen Zach Brown Band. Uh, I've seen Kenny Chesney. So I think at this point, probably country, EDM, I have, uh, I have I listen to uh, satellite radio, so I have like the old school hip hop mm -hmm. also on there. It's one of my preferred nice. stations, so I listen to like '90s uh, hip hop, 2000s hip hop. So th I would say those three are probably like my my top three. There we go. I got another tough one. Favorite book that you've read? Oh gosh, you've given out so many. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have a few. I know you only ask for one, but I'm not going to listen. I'm a terrible guest. Um, you want to rank them one to five? No, I'm not going to rank them. Uh, I'm going to give you a few. One, because I love basketball. I read a few years ago, The Soul of Basketball, and it was really cool. It talked about a bunch of different dynamics and relationships. One of the things was like the Boston Celtics locker room. Another thing was like how the Miami Heat got LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade on the same team you know so like different things that were happening around that uh, kind of what 2000s and 2010s ish yeah. time mm -hmm. period another one uh, obviously one that I've read with I think I've read with you John if not you definitely should read it it's a simple book that I recommend to like any college student because some a lot of them don't have a lot of college students don't have, don't have the time and are kind of a little lazy. Uh, not, I'm not saying you guys are, but you know, to read a long book. Mm -hmm. So the Energy Bus. I was just, I was gonna, it's, I was gonna bring that out. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, so it's such a simple read that you can knock it out in like a couple hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just the message that it, it sends out of, of just like your attitude and how you handle people. It's a, it's a read for everyone. I totally recommend it. Uh, I. I it's something that I've read with student athletes in the past. And then I know it's a little, uh, 
it's a little kind of, I don't want to say controversial, but it's like eh, a little bit right now is uh, the Elon Musk documentary, or not documentary, biography. Mm -hmm. uh, I read that a few years ago uh, during the pandemic. And it was really cool to kind of see behind the scenes on his mentality and all the companies that he's starting up, whether it's like Tesla or the Neuralink um, chip in the brain or, you know, going to space, right? Like all these different um, pots that he's involved in and each one, you know, trying to get successful in these. And these are like really like breakthrough, three different breakthrough companies yeah. that he's been uh, spearheading. And it's not like he's come up with these ideas, right? It's mm -hmm. it's he just knows how to how to how to how to push people, and and he's he's innovative for sure. But it's just kind of interesting to see how he got involved, especially in like SpaceX, which is like me. I'm kind of like a space nerd, so I love I love outer space and Interstellar is like my favorite movie. So that type of stuff is why I, I really read the book for that SpaceX mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. You stole one of my questions. So I was gonna say, what's your favorite movie? And Interstellar, you you stole it from me. You read my mind. So describe. This is my last one. Describe your leadership style in one word. I'm gonna be a good podcast guest, and <laughs> I'm gonna say listener, because I think if you're a good listener, that means that you're understanding people's needs and accommodating them, because. It takes a lot to be a good listener. I can hear you, but you're not always listening, right? So by being a good listener, I can, I can take what you're saying and try to effectively lead you based on what your needs are at that given time. And I think if as long as you make that connection, the listening can help you get to that point. But in order to be a good leader, you have to know, you know, where your, your team is at or your, or your you know, whoever it is that you're leading at that point in time that needs to be led. You need to understand everything about them, understand their basic needs, and you do that by forming that relationship with them, understanding where they come from, you know, how they grew up, what their goals are, what happened yesterday, and what's their family dynamic like, you know, uh, where do they live, where do they want to live, what are their favorite foods, you know, those types of things. So you build those relationships and listen. Sometimes you just gotta talk to somebody and let them go. Let them talk and let them just wander in their in their own words. And you can pick up so much and understand people that way. Uh, it's not all about, some people think like listening is like, ah, rah, 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 I'm here, I'm in charge. Like, I gotta lead you, you know, I'm doing all the talking. No, no, to be a good leader, you have to be a, an awesome, amazing, even better listener. Mm -hmm. Amazing, Great amazing answer. answer. So I think we have a couple minutes still. If yeah. You, so if you have a couple, I guess, questions for us, you know, reverse on us. Yeah. We're, I guess, we're ready. I, I've never been behind this this wall, this this glass, I guess you would say, of answer of questions. We'll try to be listeners now. As yeah. you guys said, we'll try okay. best we can. Yeah. So obviously, I'm a big fan of the podcast, mm -hmm. and it got me thinking on some things that maybe might be fun ideas moving forward. Please. Uh, that maybe could, you know, you you all might appreciate. Okay. Now you can you can shoot me down because some of these are really off the wall, okay. but I thought I'd bring and and see where we go from Please. this. Right, uh, I'm ready. So I was thinking a traveling podcast, so to speak. What if you all were to podcast from like graduation and you can grab student athletes 
as they're right before they're graduating, sort of behind the scenes. I like that. You can do a rapid fire session of like, you know, you can grab like eight people who maybe haven't been guests during the year, but you can talk about graduation and quickly talk about mm -hmm. their time at Seton Hall. It's a great time to, you know, bang out like four or five guests yeah, in like right. a few minutes. Uh, just a thought. Never thought about that one. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm one for one. one, for one. <laughs> Part of me wants to just cut my losses, but uh, what if you all got to podcast, and, and I know logistically it's a little tougher, from the Big East tournaments, you know, so maybe like the Big East basketball or, you know, something there where you could be there and have like talk to some some other student athletes who are there or maybe you can get the the, the com athletes that are competing you know or you might be see some alumni that are maybe there i don't know logistically it's a little tougher but but maybe uh maybe it might i have two things on that okay one that could be in the works very shortly oh so um stay tuned for that okay uh Two, we've also thought about, I think I've talked to you briefly, when we go, we're in a week in Indianapolis for swimming, so we're going to have a bunch of you know, swimmers possibly that week and have them talk. So two for two. Did you have something? No, I was going to say, like, it might be tough with the baseball team with the playing. <laughs> I can't say Mike Dutter's family. Yeah, I'm So I, I think two for two, though. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, oh, what about a Champions podcast? So maybe like a champion series. So maybe it's uh, interviewing either former Big East champions and putting it in like a series. You know, maybe like maybe yeah. one week you come out with an episode every. Yeah, this is a lot of work. It's obviously you all, not me. Uh, <laughs> but Monday through Friday, you have Monday a, a former Big East champ. Tuesday another former Big East champ. So sort of like a champions theme yeah. week. It could be centered around Big East swimming to something. I don't know. It's just kind of maybe like a champion's, champions carousel. Maybe? I, I like that. That's like I think you're three for three. You have a single double in the whole run so far. So I'm just kidding. You know, you know. Maybe you got a triple now for the cycle. Yeah, and, and let me see. Pro oh, uh, what about a live taping of a podcast? Oh, do it live. Yeah, you do. You could you could be somewhere. Now, obviously, audio issues mm -hmm. are, are challenging, but you could have like a you could do it at like a watch party or something so along the line. We thought of too. We thought about doing this in the fall. I just never got together. We just got too busy. We were going to go, when we had the Baylor watch party, we were going to set up a table and kind of just get our name out there more. And just, we were just all over the place with doing, oh, I don't, I don't even remember at that point. But the interesting thing, I think we mentioned it in the creation story episode, Mike Federico, the sports director, they just started doing hall line from different locations in South Orange. So they did hall line for the that Creighton game at BGR. They did another hall line at Fox and Falcon. So that's also another possibility. That's so, good. Yeah. Please. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, it's, I have, I have like a couple more. Not as great, admittedly. But sort of like maybe a, a megapod one day where you're interviewing maybe like, I don't know, like three, four people at the same time. And it's sort of like, it could be, for example, maybe like a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, a senior on the swim team or on the baseball mm -hmm. team or, or something along the lines. So it's, it, you know, it may not be an opportunity where you might have like a some student athletes. All of them have been awesome, where they understand. You know, some are maybe a little more camera shy. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're with your friend, you know, there's yeah. a few of you. It might be, you might feel a little more comfortable in in that. You know, sort of like a megapod setting. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool idea because then you're getting perspectives from the younger people, like the freshmen, yeah. the sophomores. So I think of 
majority of us have been upperclassmen. Like for the most part, they've had like established. Yeah. Yeah. I think a few underclassmen as well, but that that's cool. I like that. That's really, really neat. Speaking of megapods, if like basketball goes, or you guys are on a run in Big East, having a bunch of people up here watching it, and oh, having cool. an episode of like reaction right after maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You got definitely ideas flowing. Let's hear. Let's hear. You going? Yeah. <laughs> I think I have, I have one more. So like yeah, I know you've touched on alumni, uh, which is which is important. I think you know engaging our alumni, former student athletes. A lot of cool stories mm-hmm. uh, that of, of people who, who would I'm sure would love to to come back and and share their story, uh, even if it's only for a, a smaller time period, right? But you know it would be cool. What about this is when it gets wacky but a spouses or couples edition where it's like oh, they met here as athletes and then they do a pod together. Whoa. That would be an interesting one. Yeah. There's a few, I know. There's logistics in that one. Yeah, but it, it does take a little more logistics, yeah. I feel like Romero Gill, right? Yeah, they, yeah. that's a great that's, that's example. That's what I was thinking, right? Yeah. So they yeah. were, right off the bat. Wow. And Mikey really Madsen, cool. yeah. 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 Okay. So we have Burn some out. ideas now. We have, we have we have content. We have you just did our half our job for us. Thanks. <laughs> but, you know, I don't need anything. <laughs> you know. Okay, so let's we'll wrap it up here then. Yeah. Is that you got everything? Yeah, I got yeah. Roberto, anything else to add before I, I think I'm good. Up? I'm just also I want to share that I'm happy that you finally bit the bullet and got an Instagram and all in Instagram of one John Motors. <laughs> it took a fall semester of just hey, just slowly easing them in. Hey, this Instagram thing is not too bad. You know, like I'll send him all like the, the audiograms and YouTube shorts. I'm like you can post Snap with that, and then he's like, you know, you could post Snap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes, yes, Instagram now. Yes, in, it's in, crazy in the the online world. Yeah, Good. it took what five, almost well, four and a half, right, to get an Instagram. All of college, yeah, and high school and middle school. And, yeah. <laughs> anyways, well, fair but enough. so yeah, we'll wrap things up. Roberto, thank you so much for for coming on for all the things you do. Um, I know. I'm moving into a new role and wanted to get you on here to acknowledge everything that you do for us student athletes all 275 plus and whatnot administrators and everything so thank you oh, really great. thank you to you know keep crushing it big fan i'm gonna keep downloading keep those numbers high awesome. uh, keep supporting you too because you're doing a really great job and and Appreciate it's it. some people don't know the work that goes into it uh, and and I see it. I'm a big. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I know that it's not easy. And for what you two are doing as students, because uh, don't forget, you still have class. I think, right? Yeah, uh, we're grad students. So you know. it's it's a lot of work, <laughs> and and you know I'm appreciative because it gives me something fun to listen to as well. Amazing. So thank you again so much for taking some time out of your day, coming up uh, and talking with us. And um, we're excited to have more episodes throughout the spring and. And as Jonathan's traveling, we'll talk about his travels through baseball, my travels through swimming. So uh, make sure you keep track of all our episodes on, on Instagram and Spotify and Apple Music. And we'll talk to you next time.